I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everybody and welcome back to the show that gives you the lowdown, the inside information and the word from the experts to help you use the internet as part of your marketing machine. Internet marketing is brought to you by AI Digital at www.ai-digital.com. Episode 44, Content Management Systems. In a late pre-Christmas show, Dan and I take a look at the world of content management systems with particular reference to WordPress, Joomla and Drupal. Coming up in Internet Marketing. Hello everybody and welcome to Internet Marketing and uh, it's after Christmas and uh, we've skipped the show. Apologies for that. I'm with uh, Daniel Rails. Good afternoon, Andy. Good to see you again after Christmas. Yeah, what did you get up to over Christmas, Daniel? Uh, eating, drinking and sleeping, basically. It's been delightful. So uh, now fully revved up and uh, did some little experiments over Christmas, sadly enough, on uh, content management systems, which we're going to talk about later on. So that's how I spent my Christmas. Well, I'm, very t- I'm tempted to say that's very, very sad, Daniel, but I suppose it's good for the podcast, isn't it? Well, it gives us some content, if nothing else. Even my wife wasn't very happy. And it was my birthday. It was my birthday on the 3rd of January which is incredibly close to Christmas. And I'm so fed up with people that say, oh, I'm 25 again, that I've decided I'm going to go the opposite way and reverse the figures of my age. So I'm delighted to report that I was actually 74 on the 3rd of January and I'll be 84 next year. I can't believe that old. Should we move on? Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> what, are we, what are we talking about today then, Daniel? I know that the main topic is uh, CRM systems, isn't it? Uh, content management systems, CMS systems. Yeah. Oh, oh, CRM. That's customer relationship management, isn't it? No, content um, management systems, CMSs. That's right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We have a few people um, emailing a few questions about content management systems. So we'll kind of move on to that as the main topic. And I've also had a couple of people emailing asking about hosting and about a few more tools for SEO. So I thought I'd just introduce those those tools as well, mm-hmm. um, give people a few more hints on that kind of stuff. Um, and we should also mention that we were featured in another podcast, which we were quite pleased about as well. Dave Jackson, sir, thank you so much. He gave us a great review, didn't he? And, and uh, played a snippet of our podcast. Yeah, it was very pleasing, actually. It's a, a great podcast that tells you how to podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always nice to be mentioned as, as a good example of that. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you have a look out there for School of Podcasting podcast uh, by Dave Jackson, it's a really good podcast to have a listen. I second that. Right then, Dan, uh, before we get um, into the meat and potatoes of today's podcast, um, you've got some hints for us, haven't you? 
Yeah, somebody was uh, emailing, and this was actually um, Una O'Reilly, who's actually emailed us before from Australia. Yeah, I recognise the name. Yeah, and uh, she said a couple of questions for us before, and quite a good one, really, saying that there's lots of hosting companies out there, and she was a bit concerned into who to go with and who was a good choice and so on. Now, the only kind of experience I can give this, I've used loads of hosting companies over the years, but there's a couple that I've stuck with and I use personally, and there's a couple we use through the business as well that I'd happily recommend. Um for work, what we generally use is use a company called First Serve. So it's firstserve.com. So firstserve.com um, for buying all our domains. They manage all our domains for us. We register the domains with them. Uh, we can set up email through them. We can point the domains at different places. Oh, yeah. But we don't actually use them for hosting. Now, that's quite a nice system because they've got a good self-serve system. But also, why we particularly like them is they've got great customer service and that you can phone them up and they'll do things for you. Now, one of the most important things about business hosting is that there's actually somebody on the end of the phone. When things go wrong, you've got somebody to phone, somebody to deal with. So we use firstserve.com for actually domains. And then our websites are hosted with a company called memset.com. So M-E-M-S-E-T. Uh, and Memset offer really good award-winning um, hosting and they offer us our own kind of, we've got virtual servers, we've got full servers and all that kind of thing. I should say I'm not getting a kickback from any of these companies. I was just about to say, are these guys paying us to <laughs> say this? They're not, unfortunately. Um, I'm always very worried about recommending companies that are paying us because it'll all go horribly wrong. Now, I'll, get, I'll get onto the phone to them as soon as we finish the podcast. Yeah, I'll ask, ask for a few quid, I think. <laughs> I mean, the key thing is that these are people we use and we found to be reliable. We've been through quite a few hosting companies over the years. So... These are the two we use within AI Digital. Uh, for my own projects, my own bits and pieces, I want something that's hopefully almost as good, but not as expensive. Because I just, you know, it's a trial kind of thing. And a lot of small businesses are in a similar position. What I use for that is a company called EasySpace. So it's easyspace.com um, for registering my domains, doing email forwarding, doing forwarding of domains, all that kind of thing. Um, they look after all that kind of thing for me. But that's literally all. I log in and I've got a control panel and I can do apps, everything through the control panel in terms of my domain, see where my renewals come up, that kind of thing. They're also very, very good at chasing you up when your domains are running out and you need to renew them because obviously they get bonus on that. The salespeople, I assume, but you will get quite a few calls saying you need to renew it and they'll hold on to it for you. So that's a really good thing. So they don't automatically renew it for you then, Dan? Well, they will hold on to it and you can set it up to automatically renew straight away. But I always uh, set it up for a period of time because I have this horrible habit of having these fantastic ideas for websites, registering domains and then never using them. And I think currently I own about 50 or 60 domains that probably have, I'm probably using 10 of those 50 or 60. So I tend not to put them auto-renew. So that's a piece of advice if you're a bit of a serial website creator. You, you cyber squatter, you. Yeah, I keep sitting on these domains. So I let, I let release them and let them be free after a year or two, generally. Mm. Um, so I get the domains there. And then what I do after that is I use the, a US company called HostMySite. So it's HostMySite.com. And they do lots of domain packages from very basic ones, which is just uh, not an awful lot of money per month, shared kind of server options, through to having a dedicated hosting. And I've got dedicated hosting with them, and it's absolutely excellent. Get really good control panels. Um, they're in the States, but they've got 24-7 support. There is uh, live chat on the internet and all that kind of thing. So you can kind of contact them however you want, and I've had no problems with them whatsoever. So I found both of those two combinations, so EasySpace and Host My Site and First Server Memset, to be both be very, very reliable. Um, they update things all the time they've got good security in place as well so those are my two recommendations the one thing i can't say to una is um she was after registering a au an australian mm. domain now i'm not sure if either of those actually offer um international registrations of that mm. particular type mm. 
I've actually emailed um, to say if that doesn't work out, if they can't do it for you, I'd contact them and find out because I'm sure they'll probably better do it for you. If they can't, drop me another email and I can point you in the right direction for that kind of thing as well. Now, I love these companies that, well, because I'm a geek, I love these companies where you can control, especially the domain stuff yourself. Um, it's very, very, very useful, but you have to be a bit of a geek to do it. But a lot of these companies, they give quite nice um, sort of web page form-based control panels, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, both of these come with FAQs. Easy Space is particularly good for this because Easy Space's whole business model is based on the fact they don't really want you to be on the phone. They want you to be doing it through the control panel because it saves them money. Um, and essentially what you can do, you go into your domain, you select the domain you're talking about, uh, you go to DNS services, and there'll be one that just says www. And you just put in the IP address, so the IP you get from your company that does your hosting for you. Mm. And literally, it will just send all the traffic in the right direction. Normally, it takes about 24 to 48 hours to actually go through. Um, and then you've got your domain actually looking at that, that particular website. So it works quite well. What I found works well is if you're going to do lots of websites, you get your own dedicated server or shared dedicated mm. server, which is like a virtual server. And what that allows you to do is set up lots of different uh, websites on the same server. Mm. You just assign each of them a different IP address, and it's just pointed pointed through that way so it's quite a simple way of doing it can i just get in my soapbox very briefly i um the thing that i do a lot of is subdomains this is where you've got like say you say example.com is your domain so you might have a subdomain that says i don't know clients.example.com and sort of public area.example.com and just a word of warning i have had experience you don't see it so much now but there are some um, hosting companies out there that will charge you an annual fee for a subdomain. And if you're a ge- all the geeks out there, I know you realise that it's like it's editing one file and that's it, job done. And so if you're being charged a fee monthly or, or yearly for a subdomain, you know, query it because it's it's a bit naughty, really, I think. Yeah. And a lot of these control panels give you the ability to do it all yourself anyway, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, both the ones that I've mentioned will give you the ability to add subdomains, uh, set up new domains. A lot of them will give you unlimited amount of domains you can put onto the server. So um, from something like about £100 a month, you can have uh, your own dedicated server that you can have unlimited domains on, unlimited subdomains. You could be running 100 websites from that. Um, and they obviously the only limiting factor is uh, how much bandwidth you've got in terms of that. But normally they will come with massive amounts of bandwidth anyway. So it's only very heavy websites that would be an issue with that. If you're experimenting with things and trying things out and you've got lots of domains, it's a good way of going. So, so try those companies out. Um, I'd also be really interested to hear other people's feedback on hosting companies, and perhaps we'll put some of that out there as well. So, if you send us an email to contact at ai-digital.com, uh, we'll take your feedback on that as well and see what other people think. Now, Dan, SEO tools, you've got something to say on SEO tools, haven't you? Yeah, a few people. Or, or more to say on SEO tools. Yeah, I mean, we seem to have a constant flow of different tools coming out all the time um, that allow you to kind of help out. And I'd have a few people email through and say, what are the best tools you could recommend in terms of monitoring link building um, and helping link building? And then also something to help with actually building sitemaps for Google. So I'll go kind of go through them just briefly. Um, there is a website called seobook.com, which a lot of you might come across. Uh, started off as a website basically selling um, a, an ebook. Okay, and it's expanded to be an awful lot much more beyond that. Now, there's a blog and there's lots of tools. To so go to seobook.com forward slash tools, you'll find a ton of tools in there. The one I've really found particularly useful lately is something called SEO for Firefox. And it is a plugin for the Firefox browser. So you will need the Firefox browser on whatever platform you're on, if it's a Mac or a PC. But it gives you loads of tools. So whenever you do a search in Google, 
underneath each of the listings, it will give you the number of links, the page rank, um, the Alexa ranking, uh, all these different places that the, the site appears. So you can start to compare sites and you can start to draw some metrics about how many links there are to a site, the quality of the links, where the link's coming from, what Alexa thinks of that site and all that kind of thing. So if you're looking for a tool to give you some metrics to compare different websites, the SEO for Firefox tool is really, really good. If you just do a search for SEO for Firefox in Google, or if you go to seobook.com, uh, it's a really good place to get there. And there's some great other tools in there on SEO book as well. So it's definitely worth having a look at. Okay. So if you're using Firefox, that's a really good uh, plugin to take a look at then. Yeah, I mean, I don't actually use Firefox on a general basis. I generally use Safari on the Mac um, or Internet Explorer on the PC, although there's been a big kind of a security scare on IE recently. So we've completely stopped using it in the last couple of weeks. No one seems to have gone back afterwards. So it's kind of it's not that down for us a bit. But yeah, I mean, if you're using Firefox and even if you're not, it's probably worth installing Firefox just so you can test your websites in different browsers and things like that anyway. So I'm using Chrome, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I started using Chrome, but I kind of lost interest a bit quickly. I thought it was a nice idea, first of all, but um, I like the way Safari seems to work. So I've been sticking with Safari. Plus, I have to admit, I bought a Mac about four weeks ago, and I completely converted to all things Mac after many years of swearing about them and so on and so forth. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm now a complete Mac freak, so Safari is the one for me at the moment. No, Safari is a really good solid browser, actually. Absolutely. So um, so have a look at that. It's, it's a good tool. The other couple that are worth looking at, uh, there's a website called linkdiagnosis.com. If you want to know how many inbound links you've got to your website, go to linkdiagnosis.com. Um, really good tool, really f- good free tool for actually just assessing the number of inbound links to a website. So it's just a quick one. Again, metrics, inbound links, who's linking to your website, which gives you the authority in Google to get better rankings. Have a look at linkdiagnosis.com. Is, is this better than just the, the old-fashioned way of going into Google search and going links? colon and then your website address the problem with that is that only lists the website address that google considers linking to you and only the ones that it thinks are important so it doesn't show all your links so it doesn't give you a big picture link diagnosis will look at yahoo and places like that as well so you can't take any of these particular tools on their own but it's good to use a combination of them so mm-hmm. definitely use the link tool the, the link operator in google it's really really useful still but definitely have a look at linkdiagnosis.com as well um another good option of actually finding out what's coming into your website did i make a mistake there dan was it actually link singular colon and then your website or links link yeah so it's link colon and then the website address as well you go in there and that'll tell you who's linking to your website and or any of your competitors websites as well of course that's if you want to do it the old-fashioned google way yeah, and it's it's okay, but it just doesn't give you the full picture. It's a very kind of goo orientated picture. Okay, um, the last tool to have a look at here is a Windows only tool. And with my newfound Mac, that doesn't make me happy, obviously. But yeah, I can see you grimacing yeah. as you say that. <laughs> but it, I mean, it is a good tool. It's called gsitecrawler.com. And it's a free tool, again, that builds sitemaps, uh, XML sitemaps, Google sitemaps about your website. And what these sitemaps basically do is lay out where all the pages in the website are, what they're about, and allows Google to find them nice and easily. And you can submit these to Google and actually just get Google to look at your pages a lot more quickly. Do you know something, Dan? I've got to, I'm, going to, I'm going to reveal my, um, my ineptitude here because I didn't realise until quite recently that a site map is actually an XML document, isn't it? Well, there's two, there's two definitions. What always used to be on a website, you'd have a little link at the bottom that said sitemap. And that is a map of your website, but it was a page on the website that had a list of all the links. And it listed all the pages, and you could click on any of those, and you could find any page on the website. And that was the original word, what sitemap basically yeah, meant. That's what I understood a sitemap to be. Yeah, absolutely. And then Google bought something out called Google Sitemaps, which was an XML file. Um, so it's a, kind of like an HTML file, but slightly different kind of format that basically lays out and says, this is a page. 
this is what the content's about this is when it was created and things like that and you can define all these different kind of bits of um, content about what your website's all about now by having uh, a google sitemap it makes it easier for google to read your website and it makes sure that Google can access all the pages in your website. It actually knows all the pages there. It doesn't miss any. And we've generally found by having a sitemap, it does help you get indexed a little bit more quickly and effectively by Google. Um, they're not always easy to create, though, because it's an XML file. And what this tool will do, so gsitecrawler.com, uh, it will create that file for you automatically. And then you can just submit it. Because, of, of course, the thing about XML, which stands for Extensible Markup Language, is it's a little bit like HTML, but it's very, very good for machines to read even though it's plain text machines can read it very very easily but they're a bit tricky for humans to write so they're very good to be written and read by machines and this is what this product does doesn't it it writes that xml sitemap file for you that's exactly it so it it simplifies the whole process because it can be a little bit complicated um getting the syntax right and that kind of thing it can ruin things for you um just like with a podcast you have a a kind of a podcast um feed document that basically says this is where the podcast is this is where the files are this is what the title is does a very similar thing but just gives you a listing of all the web pages in your website so another good tool to have a look at there Brilliant. Now then, Dan, can we talk about your experiments over Christmas that you did? While while all the rest of us were enjoying turkey and sledging and opening presents, Dan was in his laboratory with his clipboard and his lab coat on doing experiments. Absolutely. Well, I had an email from from a few people, but particularly from um, John from makesportfun.com. And John had asked, basically, he was using .NET Nuke, which is a content management solution system at the moment. And he was asking what I thought of LightCMS, which is another content management system. Um, So I started off by asking around the office what content management systems people were using. We use a couple of content management systems for building websites. Content management system is essentially an open source generally piece of software there can be kind of privately publicly kind of owned uh systems there can be all different approaches to it but generally we're talking about open source systems that allow you to publish and edit and update websites easily now there's been lots of approaches to this over the years and generally the two biggest open source content management systems were joomla Mm -hmm. and drupal and they still are the two biggest open source content management systems. Joomla used to have a different name, didn't it? Um, it did, and it was called Mambo. If Mambo, I Mambo, that's it, Mambo. Yes. Um, if I remember rightly, I could be entirely correct, and I may have to edit this afterwards. But no, you are correct. I remember that. it was Mambo. Okay, and it basically, it's it's developed over a period of time. They've been developed over a number of years, and they allow you to do lots of things in terms of building websites, adding content, editing the content. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, you can add polls, you can add feedback, all sorts of different things. But essentially, the idea is makes it easier to build websites in the first place. Now, Drupal, and it's drupal.org, um, is now on version 6.8. Uh, Joomla, on joomla.org, is now on version 1.5. Now, that makes it sound like Drupal's been around for a lot longer, but it's not actually the case. I mean, Joomla's been around for a little bit longer in its current format anyway. And essentially, um, I always use Joomla in the past. So it's a great system, but there are a few problems with it. I've moved over to Drupal recently, found that's a great system, but there are some limitations with it as well. And I'll talk you through those limitations in a moment. But the experiment I wanted to do over Christmas was to try and find out, okay, I've always used WordPress over the years for building blogs. And WordPress is, again, an open source piece of software for building blogs, essentially. But over the years, it's become more and more of a content management system, and it's become more advanced, and it's always had a really nice clean interface. It's always been very standards compliant. And I wanted to test realistically how much and how easily you could build a standard website with all the things you need from a standard website, feedback forms and all those kind of things, how quickly and easily you could actually do that, and how SEO-friendly would it be? Because one of the biggest problems um, with Drupal and Joomla is they're not perfect from a content management point, from an SEO point of view, sorry, Mm -hmm. because they're complicated. Um, although they are improving, they have improved a great deal over the, the kind of uh, over the years. Um, Joomla's not great out of the box for SEO, but there's some plugins you can put into it to make mm-hmm. it better. And I'll talk about what a plugin is in a second as well. Um, Drupal is more standards compliant, so therefore it tends to be better from a search engine optimization point of view. But I'd heard really good things about the latest version of WordPress, um, and WordPress is now on version 2.7. Mm-hmm. And 2.7 has a whole new interface for the back end, for the admin system, mm. that allows you to update it. So it's supposed to be easier to do, quicker, all those kind of things. Oh, let's take a look at that. Absolutely. So what I went to, went to WordPress.org, mm. and that allows you to download the software. And you get it in a zip file. You unzip that, and you essentially upload all those files up to your server. Okay. So you need a PHP-enabled server that can run PHP code. And then from that, you have to update the config file. And there's a config file. And you get step-by-step instructions for doing this. And what you basically have to do is on your server, you create a database. Now, if you're using one of those hosting companies I was talking about earlier on, you have a control panel. You go in there. You create um, a database. You give it a name. You give it a login and a password. Um, And essentially, then, the database is created, but there's nothing in it. Then all you need to do is when you're doing the setup, you change this setup file in WordPress. It looks at the database and it sets up all the fields and all the tables in the database for you automatically. And you've basically got a content management system, a a relatively simple but actually quite clever content management system. So my wife uh, does a lot of wedding photography. Okay, she wanted a website for a while, and I've been going, yeah, yeah, I build your website, I build your website, which is a typical kind of thing. Couple of shoes, yeah, absolutely, and never getting around to it. (laughs) So I thought, what I must do is actually build this website. We've got a bit of holiday time. but we'll do it together and I'll see how easy it is. I know my stuff so I can build it, but also how easy would it be her f- to use it? How quickly could we get the website up? Um, and how quickly could we get it into the search engines? So we registered a domain, which was simplyweddingphotography.com. Uh, and we then went through and worked, okay, quick sketch down. What pages do you need in the website? Um, how many photos do you need? What about us sections and contact pages and those kind of things? So we mapped out in our heads what pages we needed. We then 
basically went in, built this WordPress site from scratch, uh, registered the domain, pointed it at the server, installed the software, did the steps I was just talking about. We then went through and used the admin system to create the relevant pages. Um, we got a template, so we got a theme, something called a theme that you yeah. can plug into it. And a the theme will make a WordPress blog look how you want it to look. And there are thousands and thousands of kind of themes out there. Some you pay for, some are free, some are better than others. Um, we found one made by a company called revolution2.com. So it's revolution, T-W-O, it's the word mm-hmm. 2.com. And they have a system where you can get the templates for free, mm-hmm. but if you pay a certain fee, you get a sort of support and you get instructions for doing it and that kind of thing. There's some very good-looking templates in there, nice kind of standards-compliant stuff. Mm-hmm. So we went in there, we found a template, we plugged that in, and we started building the website. About four and a half hours later, we had a fully functional website. Cool. Still needed some tweaking. So we came back the next evening, did another hour or two of tweaking, updating file names, tidying things up, had a fully functional website. That was on about the 30th of uh, December. It was set up. We looked into Google just to see if it was being picked up at all. Mm -hmm. And when you set up um, a WordPress blog and you trigger it, it pings Mm -hmm. blog search in Google and says it exists and it's there and it's been updated. Now, Google picked up on this almost immediately. And within a day, we were in the Google index. Brilliant. So Google is very friendly towards these kind of blogs. Mm. Um, It likes WordPress blogs, but obviously you've got to prove yourself. Mm. Now, We've now checked this today, which is the 5th of January, mm-hmm. um, and it's actually ranking number 15 in Google for um, affordable wedding photography Sussex, which is quite a niche term. Yeah. But what it shows is that it's growing up the rankings really quickly. Now, we've gone through and followed all the SEO best practice on this kind of stuff, and it's very, very focused on a niche topic. It's about affordable wedding photography in Sussex. I mean, that's, that's Quick question, Dan. Mm. Is that purely from the static pages that you've done, or is that because you've put some blog entries in as well? Essentially, there aren't really blog entries. What we've done, we've used the ability to put a blog entry in, but each of the blog entries is a photo, and it's an example of a photo. Mm. So there's about 29 or 30 entries in there for posts, and it basically says, here's the title, here's a little description of the picture, and here's the picture. And the particular theme that we use then takes the pictures, puts them along the bottom of the page and shows them as if they're posts, but in a very visual format. So it's really ideal kind of uh, theme for somebody that wants to show photography off. And each of these posts has some text description in which Google then picks up on. Uh, the titles and the headings are in there as well. With each of these content management systems, they all work the same in that you can have themes which make it look different and you have plugins that add functionality. So we added uh, a particular functionality into kind of WordPress, which is an SEO plugin, which basically allows you to change the titles and the headings and mm. the the um, the background kind of metadata a little bit more easily. Yes. And can you remember what it was called? It's Dan? called All In SEO. Okay. Okay. And that allows you to basically change the, the key elements that can sometimes be problematic or a bit more fiddly to do. Mm. Okay. But the nice thing about WordPress is you completely change things. You can change all the code if you want to. You can um, change how the theme looks, the layout, and all those kind of different things. So essentially... We proved the fact that WordPress is perfectly capable of building small websites. Um, it will get, can get good listings in Google if you've got a niche topic and you follow all the normal SEO rules. Mm-hmm. But essentially, what we've got is a fairly good-looking website that does what it needs to do, and it's starting to appear in the search engines already. So we're going to do some further SEO work on it and actually see how that develops and if we can get really good rankings, which mm-hmm. I think we can because we've appeared in the index so, so quickly. So um, I'd also love people's f- feedback. So if you ever look at simplyweddingphotography.com, uh, have a look at the website. Bearing in mind this was made in you know one, one and a half evenings. See what you think of it. Give us some feedback. 
and I'll, I'll keep you updated how it's actually doing in the search engines. And then maybe in a couple of podcast time, I'll tell you the steps we've gone through to get it achieving the good rankings that it's got. That's great, because it's a really good example of, of how quickly you can put a, a good website up, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think if you're a small business, it's quite a, a cost-effective thing to do, because all you need is some hosting, which would probably cost you know, no more than about £20 a month. You, you register the domain. Um, the tools you'd need are something to edit bits and pieces of kind of text, but it could just be a text editor. It could be kind of any text editor at all, and some FTP software, which is available for free, so you can upload files. You'd need something for unzipping files which you can get for free again you can get winzip on a trial version or there's other tools you can get out there as well and essentially you've got everything you need there um a graphics package of some description is good for changing the graphics and tweaking logos and things like that but there's open source and free things out there as well so very minimal cost for doing this and you can achieve quite good rankings and quite quickly but again this is an example where you've got a niche market niche kind of product you're offering so it fits in well into those kind of categories but you don't you don't have to use wordpress for blogs now, since then, I've done a bit more research and tried out a few things, and there are a few payment processing plugins as well mm. for WordPress as well, which I'm experimenting with at the moment, because then you could actually have a full e-commerce website built on a WordPress blog. Now, it's not ideal, but if you need something quick and fast and effective, it could be a quick way of doing it. Mm. If you need something more complicated, Joomla and Drupal uh, are, are going to be more suitable at the end of the day. If you need something that's got lots of polls, you've got user registrations, you want to connect that to different applications and all sorts of different things, you may want to use Joomla and Drupal. And they work in a similar way. You install the PHP, you edit a configuration file, generally a little bit more complex to set up, not hugely more complex to get going. You can put themes in them to make them look different. Um, the difficulty is there's not as many themes about, generally, for both of them. Joomla's got lots of themes, Drupal, not as many, but you can make them look different, but it takes a bit more effort to do that. The biggest complication with Joomla and Drupal is the back ends aren't necessarily that intuitive. Mm. Um, they're not the easiest to use. You have to understand about grouping users together and uh, how you assign different roles to different users and admin roles and that kind of thing. Whereas the new interface for WordPress, the back end, is you log in, you can upload images there's a, a, a file that allows you to upload those straight from your computer. You can drop them into a page. You can have certain people access and all those kind of things. So, um, And you can extend WordPress just like you can extend Joomla and Drupal. So if I was building a small website that was fairly static, I wanted to add blog entries, um, I potentially want to make it look quite pretty, I'd just go down the WordPress route because it's easy to update, quite search engine friendly. If I wanted to do a more complex website... Um, and I had the choice between Joomla and Drupal, I would probably go down the Drupal route now, mm. which may cause a bit of controversy with some people because there's lots of backwards and forwarding between the two. Mm. But I tend to think Drupal is more SEO friendly and most of the stuff we focus on is search optimization. So I tend to think that's one of the key things because you can build a great website, but if it's not very search friendly, you're not going to get any traffic to the site at the end of the day. Just before we talk about Drupal mm. and, and uh, Joomla, um, I don't know if you know, Dan, but there's a very nice piece of software called Artistia. And that's sort of spelt how it sounds with double E-R at the end. Uh, you can get a free version. What it lets you do, it lets you design by literally dragging and dropping a theme and it will export it as WordPress or just as bog standard HTML. So check that out. I think I think it's artistia.com, but just Google artistia. As I say, there is a, a, a free version. It just spits out WordPress themes. Fantastic. Um, and as I said, there's so many good WordPress themes out there as well that you can generally find one that you can either buy or you can adjust as well. So if a combination of the two, you can generally achieve the look and feel that you want to achieve. Mm. So, um, And you can do both of those things with Joomla and Drupal as well. Mm. Um, and they are both improving all the time as well. 
Um, they've both got very good open source communities. Joomla's got a big community around it, and the Drupal community has grown an awful lot as well since it first came out. So you can get these kind of things. There's new plugins all the time. You can get plugins that allow you to integrate podcasts, do polls, do questionnaires, send out bulk emails, all those kind of things. If you're building a website where it's a big community website and you're going to want to add lots of functionality as time goes on, Joomla or Drupal are probably the way to go. You know, I think that's, that, that was the um, the vision behind Drupal when mm. it was first designed, actually, especially for communities, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it, there's some things that come out of the box that allow you to allow different users to do different roles mm. and allow them to update and edit different parts of the website themselves and add blogs and all those kind of things and update content themselves. Mm. And there's various editors built in so the users can update content and so on and so forth. So it's great for those kind of applications where you've got big interactive websites or different areas of the website you want different users to have access mm. to. Mm. Um, there are some plugins coming out now within WordPress that allow you to do that as well. But essentially, um, Drupal allows you to do a few more complicated things. Mm. So... I think that WordPress is a good one to start with. Have a look at that. Um, it's definitely got applications and then move to Joomla and Drupal. Um, the one I was asked about, which I've got no opinion at the moment, which is Light CMS, which is actually a paid um, content management system, which on first impression, I had a look at the website, looked great, but I don't know anything about it to make a judgment on it. So if anybody has used Light CMS, mm. I'd be really interested to hear from them. So again, contact at ai-digital.com. Um, tell me your opinions and what you think of any content management system you're using. If you use WordPress, Joomla or Drupal, let us know what you think um, and we'll come back to this topic again because it's it's becoming more and more important for people to get new websites out. And even if you've got a big corporate website, if you're doing campaign-specific sites and you want to get something out quickly, you want to do something, react very quickly to an event or something that's happened in the news, um, it's a really good way to get out there quickly. So I'd have a look at all of those. One thing I would say about Drupal is, is that we've started looking at Drupal as, as, as a way of producing uh, content management systems. And it really is aimed more... Uh, it, it, the, the interface is aimed more towards the slightly geeky type of person rather than the person that wants to get something out quickly, but it gives you far more control. Yeah. I mean, it really does come across as a sort of uber content management system system (laughs) i think that's a good point i think that that it is designed for that purpose both Mm. joomla and drupal are designed to be more extensible more uh you can do a lot more with them Mm. um and i don't think that wordpress is always a beater it can't always beat them but i think wordpress is good for some situations and it's easier and quicker Mm. so it's worth having a look at both kind of different options and see what functionality you actually need um but make sure you don't limit yourself for the future Mm. but then saying that there are so many plugins you can get for wordpress now that you can do an awful lot of wordpress anyway I'm definitely going to check out that new version of WordPress. One, th- one little curveball I'm going to throw in as well, Daniel. You mentioned earlier about taking payments online and various mm. plugins. Have you heard of Wufoo? I haven't used Wufoo at all, no. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Okay, I've only just heard about it, and I, I think I've got the name right, Wufoo. I'll do some research and I'll talk about it a bit more in a later podcast. But from what I understand, it's um, it's like a little widget, like a like a a form that you can put on any website and it communicates with a central server and it takes payment for anything i think using any form of payment i need to check that but you can t- you can get it to other clever things like you can tell it to sort of come back and go to a delivery page or to write something to a database so i'll, I'll check that out and tell you a bit more about it when i know yeah i mean i've, I've been testing a couple of um plugins for wordpress um that that aren't as kind of extensible as that. They don't do as many different things, but I think um, that are trying to cover the difference between where you go somewhere like Joomla um, and you've got Virtuomart or RS Commerce, or if you go to Drupal, you've got the e-commerce plugins and various different options for that as well. And they're, they're, you can do all kinds of different things with those, but you need to customise them a great deal. But lots of people want to take simple payments for very simple things. So they want you to pay for access to a particular area of the website 
or you pay a one-off fee for an ebook. Now, if it's something simple like that, you can do it through WordPress. If you want something like um, a subscription-based website, it's probably easier to do it with Drupal at the moment, but there are solutions coming out in the last month or so that allow you to do that through WordPress as well. Mm. So I'm sure lots of people have come across lots of different things that we're talking about here that they might have some opinion on, so I'd really like to hear from those as well. So any opinions on today's show or any kind of feedback on this stuff, contact at ai-digital.com and let us know what you think. Fantastic. Well, Daniel Rouse, thank you very much for that indeed. Uh, that, that is all we've got to say on content management systems. Um, this show is actually sort of, think of it as a late just before Christmas show, and there will be another show again uh, towards the end of the month. That's January 2009. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you all again next time. Thank you very much, Andy. All the best. Well, that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Now, we would really like to hear from you. So if you have any questions or comments, send them to info at ai-digital.com and feel free to send in MP3 files as well and we'll play them. If you're a subscriber, we'd like to thank you for your valuable time. If you haven't subscribed yet and you'd like this show delivered to your earbuds automatically, you can find Internet Marketing on iTunes. Just search under the Business and Marketing and Management Categories or you can find us at FeedBurner at feeds.feedburner.com slash academyim. We'd also encourage you to leave comments on iTunes. Well, this is Andy White signing off, wishing you the best until we see you next time on Internet Marketing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.